Hey, this is Tim Hunzey, partner of Parallel Music Publishing and board member of the Nashville Association of Independent Music Publishers. Thanks for listening to the Nashville Pubcast. This episode of the Nashville Pubcast, we have Allison Jones, Senior VP of A&R at Big Machine Label Group. Allison and I discuss A&R. To be honest, there's just too much to put in this intro. So stop, stay, listen, and learn. So let's start with a simple, basic thing. I think a lot of people out there that don't really understand Nashville kind of question what uh, A&R really is. And, and I bet most half the people don't even know what it stands for anymore. <laughs> well, I believe it's artist and repertoire. Correct. Did I say it right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, when I go home and hang out with my civilian friends, they've seen, we've all seen like movies that talk. What's the Katherine Heigl movie where her husband does A&R? And um, oh, I can't remember. Anyway, so it, it, there's there's in all the movies they glamorize it, like the person with the expense account that's supposed to go travel and hear bands, and all we do is drink and hang out at bars and hear music. That might have been the case years ago, but you and I have known each other twenty. Yeah. I think we came at the tail end of the golden age of yeah, that so part. I've done this 28 years, and I met you like two years into it. Yeah, same. I'm like okay. 26 in, I think. So, okay. yeah, that would be about so right. So, maybe the golden era was that, but you and I know it as my job is to find artist talent. If they don't write that the music they sing or perform, I go find it from songwriters. Um, then there's the very glamorous part of my job, overseeing the recording budget and telling artists that they can or cannot spend X amount of dollars to make their music. Um, and the ever so glamorous job of the deadline keeper. So if you sign an artist and they're in the, making the record, there's always the deadline, which is hard to enforce with creative people. So that falls under the A&R department's job, too. So basically, from beginning to end, it starts with finding a hit artist, helping them make their record, finding hit songs, keeping it on budget, keeping it on the timeline, and then making sure it gets delivered in time for the release date. Um, And in the middle of all that, there's also a lot of babysitting and cheerleading and um i call myself a creative cheerleader that's a great title yes um, and that fits you very well yeah i mean and um i think people ask how do you know if you're good at your job and i think anyone that loves music is good at a and r and then there's the unique ability to know which publishers you have this job even more than i do probably Knowing how to inspire a creative person, um, motivate them, kind of nurture them. Like that word nurture seems weird, but there's a lot of nurturing. There's a lot of down days with creative people. So, you know, there there is the glamorous part of going to find a hit artist and great songs. But then there's anything that you have to do to make sure the artist delivers the best product and hit songs. That's a pretty damn good description as a whole, I would say. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I think you covered a lot of bases really quick. And I think you nailed it. I think one of the important things with the, for what we both do, because sometimes people call me a and I'll just call it creative. We work in creative positions. And the key is is 
having a gut instinct and a nurturing instinct. Anybody ask me what a key thing is, you have to have a lot of patience and really be have kind of, I call it a servant heart because they require a lot. And there's a reason for that because they're gifted and they have something we don't and they don't usually look at life the same way we do. So it's, and like you said, it's a, it's a lot of roller coasters and you don't really handle that. You, you kind of even glance over the fact that you're not just dealing with artists. You have managers and agents and bosses and other people and publishers wearing you out. Is my song still on hold or is it not? <laughs> I mean, just cause I always think it's a fun question to ask every A&R person I know in today's environment. Like what's your average email inbox take in a day well i've been told i win for the most emails at big machine so oh i'm a winner at something <laughs> um i'm and until we recently got a new email system i was always in the red so i was always like every time i'd see the id it department i would run um because i i mean i i think on you know i've been told i get as few as 200 a day sometimes 500 emails a day that sounds about right um now, not all of those require urgent attention. Um, so people ask me my biggest struggle and obstacle. Mine is email management. And so I listen to, obviously, my boss first, emails from my, from my yeah. boss, emails from artists, um, but then songs. My favorite part of my job is listening to songs. Favorite part. I wish I could dedicate my whole day to listening to songs, but unfortunately... There's meetings, there's marketing meetings, because also I think a really good A&R person follows the the life of a project through. So I help, you know, like my job isn't completely done when the record's finished. You know, I want to help carry it through. Like I just helped Thomas Rhett get an Old Navy commercial with one of his songs. And I was just pitching a Florida Georgia Line song to a Ram, a national Ram truck commercial. And then I'm also was helping strategize like, a Grammy campaign um, and showcases for TV and film. So my job never really, it's, it's not only just about listening to songs, but when people ask about emails and songs, those are my two biggest challenges, how to return all my emails and how to listen to all the songs that come my way. advice for young up-and-coming artists and young publishing companies or other you know indie publishing companies or developing artists to help get their artists to a place that's the best to present to you or what you're looking for in new talent and i know musically it's always when you hear it in your gut but you know just some of the basic things that that, that help trigger some things for you guys as a label i think in any form of entertainment you have to find what makes you unique and make you and special so whatever it is, whether it's a TV show or a book or an artist or a song, you have to make people compelled and interested. So, you know, there's there's a couple of ways about going to, to going about it. You and I both have probably discovered people online because they had they released something the Spotify numbers increased, or they were on YouTube and then the YouTube numbers started jumping or they they were on Instagram and something was compelling enough that made everybody want them to go like them or, you know, be a follower. So when I'm looking at something, what regardless of what form of entertainment it's in, if people are running towards it, there's something there. So I, I think you have to find a way to make yourself unique and to make people want more of it. And then on the music side, I think you have to be true 
to we we we've met with tons of people that and we've worked with people that might have an amazing voice and they might be good looking but if they don't know who they are yet and they're not true to their talent it's very transparent so i think with a you know there's a couple of things you look for you know it's and then there's always just that star sizzle and we can't you can't tell someone how to have that one of the questions that usually comes up is how to get to you know people ask me a lot how do i get to you how do i get my music to you so obviously they can find your email address online and email you. If somebody's just cold, as you just explained, you get a ton of emails. Is there a better or lesser way to approach A&R with music that might give you the best chance to get listened to? So that's a really tough one because when you and I started, that was an intern's job to open all of the packages that had cassettes in them. Yeah. And unfortunately, there have been a lot of nuisance and legitimate lawsuits from people who have sent me i guess you know sent sent music you oh yeah you know like um sent music you have access yeah and and so for that unfortunate reason labels and publishing companies have to be really careful what they listen to so we have a corporate rule that i will we can only listen to music that comes to us from people like yourself or from an attorney or a manager or someone we know and preferably it be published um and if it's not published, I will ask if someone says, I want to send you my music. And if they aren't published and it's not coming through someone, then I recommend that they put it out on a social media platform because that way it's out there for everyone to consume. Oh, that's a great. Yeah. So oh, okay. like if, if it's out there for everyone to consume, it's then nobody can come back and say, I sent you my song and then you gave it to someone else, you know. So, so um, that's a good valid point that I had not thought of, that if you are a young writer, even if you don't sing, but you have demos, it's to start a social, like a SoundCloud link mm -hmm. to, so that you have music out there. And then you never know who's going to tag into it as well as the popularity grows, as we spoke right. about. But but that's a good thing for you. I did I didn't ever thought about that. That's fantastic advice. seen people do that they really should not do which is some basic tips of whether it's how they should approach a label when they're trying to pitch a, an artist or how they're trying to get to you about a song there's probably some obvious things of like if you ever think about doing this don't do that don't do that gosh i hate well i never want to break anyone's spirit so i i hate this but while it's an awesome gesture to send gifts it comes off as kind of weird um Unless so, they know you. <laughs> unless they know me. No, like, yeah, I mean, no, 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 no. Yeah. But I meant like, I get it. Like that. And we remember it. Like there's this one, there's this one female artist that always sends very elaborate, but weird gifts. And we know who she is, but it's not going to make us like her music anymore. And in the beginning, we laughed at all the gifts or the beginning. We were like, oh, that's really sweet. But I feel bad because I don't like her music. And then it gets kind of weird. So I, I don't think. I don't think if you have a fun tchotchke that goes along with your package, yes. 
Um, like a marketing tie-in. Yeah. Something simple. Yeah, but you would be really... Do you not get a lot of weird packages? You know, not on my level as much, uh, on occasion, but I, it's always been the A&R side. I, me- I remember the, they, that one time somebody was sending like cases of peaches or something or oranges to all the labels with the music Yeah, or in like it, baked or, goods, because I'm really yeah. weird about baked goods in general. Like, yeah. I don't... But food's probably a bad idea, because we're all weird idea. about food anyway. Yeah, but, but I mean, so there's that. Also... I think there's that subtle art of get along, go along, you know, like you can't teach someone how to be cool and <laughs> subtle, but you know, like it's a if, fine line between being a pest and being yeah, persistent. You and know? I think if you, first of all, it's almost impossible. I think in our genre to break into our industry without coming here. I know in pop and other formats, you can be discovered online and they'll sign you and they meet you one time. I truly believe if you want to do what you and I have been doing this long with the artists we work with, you have to come to town. And I think you have to find that subtle art of how to network and meet the right people and meet someone like you or meet an attorney or meet a manager or meet a songwriter. That's my biggest piece of advice is find someone that's going to be your champion that's going to help develop you. And develop can mean... Not necessarily writing with you. It can be like giving you advice, telling you the right way to go about it. Um, or being the person that hears something and says, oh, I can send that to Alice exactly, for you and, and, exactly. and, and that's, open that door. And that's so hard. But the people who are superstars figure out how to do it. You know, like that's so hard. And you can't, once again, you can't tell someone how to do that. They just have to figure it out on their own. I mean, the other thing, too, though, is um, this is like what to do. But whatever you put out there, make it compelling enough. Like when you send when you send someone a link of your music, make sure it's going to stand out and be unusual. That's a, a beautiful philosophy. Well, okay, we get to the. I like to do this uh, crystal ball thing. You remember David Ross always had us staring at my crystal ball. Yeah. Well, that's my. This is where we're going. If you're looking into the crystal ball, where do you see? Whether it's a musical trend or a business trend, do you see any trends, any transitions, or uh, anything that excites you coming down the road? changes well i never follow trends because anytime you think you're going to follow a trend something comes along that wasn't the trend and i don't think it usually works when artists try to imitate or mimic a trend so um i and especially right now i think it'd be hard to follow a trend because at least on my roster the most played song of the year was bb rexa and florida georgia line but one of our biggest breakthroughs at our label was a retro traditional country band Midland. Yeah. So there's no trend. (laughs) There's no trend there. Very broad. So I think if there is a trend right now, like I said, with all the streaming platforms, I hope if we can figure out how to make sure everyone's monetized properly, I think it's going to open up a whole new sea. And like I said, I think there's going to be, I think genre bending is going to ultimately be way more profitable to all of us because old catalog can be discovered. Um, artists can put out more content. And I think with all these playlistings, artists can have more fun. You can put Florida Georgia Line can have a really, really country song they put in a country playlist, and they can still go do their pop collaborations that can be worldwide hits on many genres. So if anything, I think the digital era, hopefully, if it's monetized the right way, and I feel like we're going that direction, it's going to broaden the playing field for all of us. Thanks for listening to the Nashville AIMP Pubcast. For more information, check out AIMP.org or follow us at Nashville AIMP on Instagram. The Nashville AIMP would like to give a shout out to our sponsors, Jamber and Sound Exchange. 
Chamber wants to know if you're looking for an easier way to capture song splits at the point of creation and organizing your catalog. Jamber is our podcast sponsor, and they are offering listeners a first look at their songwriter and publisher apps that allow songwriters to collaborate when inspiration strikes. Go to jamber.com forward slash AIMP to sign up today. SoundExchange develops business solutions for the entire music industry. They collect and distribute royalties on behalf of more than 155,000 recording artists, master right owners, and music publishers. SoundExchange have paid out more than $5 billion in royalties. SXWorks serves the licensing administration needs of music publishers around the world and operates CMRRA, which represents music publishers and administers mechanical rights for the majority of songs recorded, sold, and broadcast in Canada. We appreciate you listening to the National Pubcast. Stay tuned for our all-new episode next week.